Well, I think we played a very good first half, exactly the way that we wanted to play. Um, high energy level. Uh, most of the, the game in the first half took place in their half. Um, but unfortunately, we couldn't convert that energy into uh, one or two goals. We hit the crossbar. We had another one or two good moments where we could have scored or should have scored, but uh, we didn't. And then conceding that uh, one con counter-attacking goal uh, short before halftime didn't make uh, life any easier for us. And in the second half, it was it was difficult. I think uh, I don't think that the game went for more than three minutes in 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 a, in a go. It was always interrupted. Somebody lying on the floor. I think also some curious refereeing decisions. I wouldn't say in the end uh, that they were decisive, but at least he fell too often for those time wasting antics. And uh, in the end, four minutes extra time was just a joke for me. But anyway. Very good first half. Second half again was uh, difficult to find a rhythm again. Uh, in total, we were fully aware that it's important against this team that you score the first goal yourself. We still have another nine games to play in in, in the Premier League, uh, and uh, we'll try everything to finish off the season on on the highest possible level, if possible, qualify for Champions League again. We are fully aware that in order to achieve that, we need to win most of those nine games. But uh, right now, to think about uh, how can we close the gap to the top teams is, for me, too early. My focus is on finishing on the highest possible level with this team, and then there is enough time to speak about other things. Welcome back to the World of Fergadu podcast. Welcome back. I am Olujimi, and the voice you just said there was Mr. Francis, and we're also joined by... El Maestro, a.k.a. Dr. Waju. I was expecting a new name today, but <laughs> we're recycling names now. <laughs> I don't know what you want. When it's an old name, it's a problem. When it's a new name, it's a problem. Just know that all my names are earned. Oh, my names are earned. Yes, sir. <laughs> Anyways, how's everyone doing? How's everyone's week been? It's Friday, start of the weekend. It's, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. I'm glad, glad to see the weekend here, though. Now, Maestro. Um, it's been a it's it's been a good week, man. Actually, now that I think about it, it's actually been a very good week for me. Um, yeah. I, I can't complain. I can't complain. I can't complain. It's been a good week. Been a landmark week. So you know, we move. Uh, have you ever seen um, what's it called, the the Kanye documentary on Netflix, by any chance? You know, I don't support anything that that man puts out. <laughs> He's not the one who put it out, by the way. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need any on Kanye. I think I'm good. I, I haven't. Uh, oh no! Are they trying well, to humanize? Guys... <laughs> no, I don't even have an answer for that. Obviously, it's a documentary about Kanye. Like it would make it's supposed to make you feel good about Kanye. <laughs> but I think it's it's really, 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 really good. It was well put together. Like, and there was there was a lot of foresight that went into that documentary. For that guy to, I can't remember his name, director's name again, but he has this Nigerian name. But anyways, he he was recording Kanye like since the beginning. That like, you can see like the rise of Kanye. Oh, since the beginning. Yeah, it's not like a so it's like one of those um how do I put it? 
yeah, it's since the beginning, like before it got signed. It's like before, them, like them, them archives, like you know, bringing that. Yeah, like it, and the way they shot it, like you can tell, like they used like cameras from back because it was basically shot back in the day, right? And it was like it's a well done documentary, so that's why I said wow, it's not really from Makai. That much of so, like you're talking about Jesus walk that time. Yeah, oh. they showed you how he was producing Jesus' works. How like no one believed like uh, what's you know that uh, his first single all falls down. The one we said in our is it Johnson? Yeah, yeah. It, he was he yeah he was playing that song for exact, and they were just looking at him like oh yeah just a producer. Like those kind of oh, like wow. where he, yeah just, like, the, those, me, like, they have those recordings. Yeah. yeah, like real like, wow. live recording yeah. of him going to like Rockefeller. Rockefeller was they didn't want to sign him. Like he was almost signed, he almost signed to like most Def's record label. Like yo, like all the <laughs> little things. Wow, that okay, yeah, that, that actually has my interest. Um, I it was no, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, rec- um, I definitely recommend it. Like like it's yeah, it's not okay, Kanye. Okay. It's not Kanye now. It's Kanye before it became. But you know what's funny. Even from back in the day, you could tell, like, this, it's yeah, it's, it's just like he didn't have like the money, but it was, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, you know, the one man, like, some people, <laughs> some people, you ever meet people and you're like, oh, I know you, not like I know you, <laughs> I know you. just like I know I've met know, you, I've, yeah, met another I've met you before, yeah, I know how this goes, like, yeah, I think that's kind of just like, you know, but the thing is, to be fair. And I know we're kind of off topic. This gives you an indication of where United is. But to be fair to Kanye, I feel like in this world, a lot of times you can get it. Like, ultimately, you are who you say you are to yourself. Uh-huh. If you say you are a God and other people are telling you, like some people don't even need other people to tell them that for them to believe it. And if you can get people to believe you, then by all means, run your race, you know, like yeah. all the other stuff that ends up happening is just like confirmation of something that you already knew. But, you know, like, I think a lot of times people that have that type of vision and goal and belief, um, it's not just about, it's not just about, you know, the end product. It's about like, Having that belief when nobody even nobody even saw it coming. Yeah, no, and no, it's really and it also it gave me like a profound appreciation for him as an artist. Forget like he's an asshole, like because when you think about how ahead of his time he was back then and the way he was producing and when Jesus like the way he even produced Jesus works, I'm like, yo, this guy he really knew what he was doing back then, man. Like so, everyone appreciate College Dropout again. I think you should go and watch that documentary. It's really good. Anyways, back to United. Back to why we're here. Um, back woo! to life. <laughs> back to reality. Back to... <laughs> this was um, supposed to be our last chance at, at a trophy this season, in air quotes. Um, but we managed to, to fuck that up too, like we did every other chance before this. Um, I don't think a lot of people should have been surprised about the way that went. Uh, I think the worst. Can thing I can I give happened. one so, quick thing? Yeah. Just yeah. one quick yeah. thing, please. Yeah. Can you I give Mister Frizz some credit, not for the scoreline because he didn't get that right, but he was the only one that predicted that Atletico would come to Old Trafford and would win, and for that, 
El Maestro wants to give, you know, uh, give, give credit where credit is due. Sorry, Jimmy, continue. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Francis was the only one who called this. But I think we, we came out strong in the first half. I, I think everyone would agree with that. But like the worst thing that could have happened to us was us letting him score that goal. We can talk about the nuances of how we're so prone to defensive mistakes and all that. But once Atletico scored that goal, I remember messaging in the chat that they're going to milk this game. And that's exactly what they did because that's what Atletico does. <laughs> you don't want to give Atletico a, a lead in the game that you have to score in. You're just going to get frustrated because every foul... They're going to go to the ground and roll. And then the ref. Again, I'm not saying that this is the reason why we lost. I'm just saying, like, if you add everything up, like, the results were, was very obvious at that point in time. But... Two, two things for me that stood out was, if you go back to the poll last week, I mentioned whoever scores the first goal is, is most likely going to win that game. And that's the most important thing. Because if we score, it plays into um, United's hands and Wolves, not Wolves, sorry, um, Atletico Madrid Atletico. comes out and yeah. United, United will capitalize on the spaces behind them. But if United, if Atletico scores first, oh, what for? <laughs> Atletico Madrid, they are street smart. Like, these guys are yeah. street smart. Guys. Like, look at the coach. He wears all black. When someone wears all black, <laughs> he knows game time. You know what I mean? So, it's not, it's like, the milking part is, even if it was tight, they'll still be doing that. Those guys know how to grind. But then, uh, in first up, I don't think we played bad. I don't think we played bad. We just didn't create, you know, enough chances. And we had a couple to... of chances, though. We had like, like the Ilanga chance that hit uh, O Black on the, on the face. Like mm. that could have gone anywhere else, and it would have been a goal. So we, we just it's the same thing for us is that we create chances, but we don't tend to like score. Like, I, I'm I'm very, I'm very curious to see what our XG would have been like. Expected goals in that match would have been in the first half, but because uh-huh. I felt like we actually bust that first half. But then again, once they score that goal, the, the only I don't think, one I don't think we the, only one team scored twice. Yeah, I, that's, that's what I was going to say. And I, then the thing is, again, if anybody, if you ask anybody. How can Atletico win this game? The see, it's one thing if um if what happened was an anomaly in terms of the way Atletico plays, right? Yeah. Atletico played Liverpool a few years ago. Liverpool battered them, battered them, battered them, game went to extra time. Atletico just hit like what two or three goals done. And that's, yeah. right? like, the format, like if you're a coach, if you are Ralph, you're telling your players. This is how it's going to go. You're going to have Lions' possession of the ball because they have ultra forward. They are going to sit back and play deep. They are going to try to hit you on the counter-attack. So for me, like the fact that we burst in quotes the first half, it doesn't matter because you cannot concede that goal. In fact, I would rather we didn't bust the first half and we just like played it safe. Because if Atletico can't score, then 0-0, the onus is on, on both teams. Right, yeah. but once them score because you are leaving spaces at the back. I mean, like, look at the transition now. Okay, it, for me, the um, Elanga thing was a foul, not because of the the final contact, but because of the build up, the the contact during the build up that led to that final moment, and especially when you look at the refs' decisions as a whole in that game, that is a foul for sure. Like he gave lesser contact, 
fouls yeah. in the whole game, right? So for me, it's a foul, but you kind of see the naive the naivety of the team, right? Like Fra- Francis said, street smart. To me, it's experience. Experience in terms of Simeone himself, right? Simeone at no point in time started shouting his players, you need to fall down or anything. But everybody knew soon as they went out, soon as soon as we considered that goal, first of all, the manner in which we considered the goal where we felt aggrieved. And then the running back, yeah, looking back like, okay, where is Elanga? Where is Maguire? Um, again, you have it. In fact, if you think of that Man City game where we concede that De Bruyne goal, it's mm-hmm. almost like scarily similar, not in terms of the position, but just think about the decision-making. It was Tellers that was the one in the middle of the box trying to make a decision between the person at be- behind him and De Bruyne running into the box. This time yeah. it's Dalot trying to pick which one of these three defenders he's going to mark. Meanwhile, Maguire is not marking anybody. Yeah. And then the crew yeah, comes but, in the uh, game. I, I, won't, yeah, I, won't, I won't blame, sorry to interrupt you, I won't blame Maguire yeah. at that point. Varane had, got, had pulled inside. So if you look at the goal again, it was Dalo and Maguire in the box. Varane was nowhere close to the box 18. So Varane was not picking yeah, one man. Wait, pick let me... a man so, right? Like, you still have to pick a man because... Exactly. Dalo... Maguire picked a man. Which man did I, he pick? I can't remember the names of the players, but let me rerun the script for you. So because um, Elanga had fallen, Elanga did not track his man, who is the left back. It was the left yes, back. that's that the person that scored. Exactly. So when they went yeah. into the box, um, yes. Dalo was marking the guy that is playing 11 for them and the guy that was playing yeah. in the striking position while Maguire yeah. was marking the other striker because they played with no. Griezmann and, and no. um, what's his Wait, let no, me wait no, now. No. Wait, the wait, cross me, came from Griezmann. Exactly, because... Yeah, the cross this, came from Griezmann. Yes, because, okay. Because, uh, what's his name? Um, the boy that plays seven for Portugal. The young guy. Yeah, Felix. Yeah, Felix. Yeah, Felix was the one that pulled Maguire out. He pulled Maguire out and gave a bad pass. Telles was not tracking um, um, Griezmann. And then Maguire followed the, um, what's his name? Yeah, Felix back into the box. But Varane was not even in the box. At that, in that point, there were three people, three um, uh, attackers Athletic from Atletico Madrid in the box. Yeah. Maguire was on one. Dalo was in between um, who Maguire was with and then another person in front of him. And then the left back was to the right, to the left of of Dalo, who's eventually scored. So if Elanga tracked back or Maguire or Varane was there, most likely those goals would not have happened. So I will not call Maguire in this one. Yeah, I, no, I from usually, what I remember, I usually don't there were, there were, from what I remember, there were three players that Dalo had to make a decision about. Yeah. If you build up, before it even gets into the box, if you just watch the side of the pitch that Dalo is on, like you said, Elanga was supposed to be on the left back, and I don't know, I didn't even realize he slipped. But you can see there's a, there's a gap between Elanga and the left back. Then you see Dalo not even paying attention to the left back. He's trying to make a decision between two players that yeah. are around him, right? So I'm not trying to blame Maguire necessarily about, like, again, you can blame Elanga. He's the one who left his man, who, who ended up. All I'm saying is, in terms of the communication, right, letting the ball get into the box, Making the fullback be the one that has to pick between his own man and an extra man or two, that is what I was talking about, right? Like, you can say Maguire followed Yao Felix, but at least in the past that I was looking at, 
you can see Dalo looking and the two people that he's making a decision about are not even the person that scores the goal is not even one of those two people, right? So for me, again, that's what I was talking about, just that lack of communication in terms of the goal itself, like the way that we play to the moment, like to the moment where the, where the goal is scored. Like why, why, why do we have so many people out of position for Atletico again? And, and I don't know how many other, like there was the, the goal that they had that was called off, right? But ultimately... Yeah. To me, it's experience. It's not It's not luck. You can't do this over and over again and then I can call it luck. So when we talk about bossing the game, I didn't really see it that way. I think you have to make your chances count. And then once you concede, you can just see how we capitulated again. We just folded. There was everybody start like it just became a one-man team FC. Everybody's trying to do their own thing. Then you look at Ralph and it's like... I don't want to be too mad at the substitutions, but essentially the team stopped making sense. And then Atletico starts frustrating us and it starts playing into our hand, into their hands because we're actually getting frustrated. We're not playing well. We're looking at the ref. All these things, like the, the lack of experience, I mean, and over the two legs, I thought Atletico was the best, better team anyway. So all of this thing, all, we, talking about all of this, we didn't deserve to go to the next round, I guess is the way that I look at it. Yeah, no, we definitely didn't deserve it. We didn't play good enough. And I don't think anything would have changed <laughs> because this is just who we are. Like, we've shown over the course of the entire season that this is who we are because, like I said um, earlier, like, we've botched every single opportunity that we've had to actually prove something this season. Every single time, we always fall short. So, I don't know where we go for, for um, from here with this team. Um, I guess that can be our next... Um, uh, line of questioning like where do we go from here all the coaches that we've also been linked with were also knocked out in the same round Poch was knocked out Ten Hang was knocked out um, who else are we linked to Tuchu <laughs> so, uh, well Tuchu is, 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 is still in the Champions League so I don't know if he will actually come to United and leave Chelsea as uh, disjointed as Chelsea might even feel right now I don't know if uh, we're better off <laughs> Especially, With all these things going know, on, Chelsea do they do they don't even look disjointed in any way. I know, which is well, which is also a sign of a good coach, right? Like you can't really tell on on the on the pitch that this team is going through right now. Yeah, I, I think they're a well-run club. Yeah, I, I won't. Uh, yeah, I think they're a well-run club. Top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, what's the future of United? Like Francis, where do you think we go from here? How do we make this better? I guess. If I if I need the answer to that, I'll probably be working at United. Just... <laughs> they might not even honestly they might not even listen to you even if you had the answer to the to, to the question. It's, it's, it... Yeah, it's tough. I, I think United needs one of those eras where they I, I mentioned that they're hiring these low power players and we're just building our way back because I, I think we're we're lost in the dark for a couple of years. For a few years, yeah. as a matter of fact. I feel like we've been doing rebuilding for the last um uh, it's not even yeah i won't even call it rebuilding to be honest i think it's just retooling not retooling just (laughs) doing just doing things right you know what i mean like there's there's the fact there's the aspect of rebuilding from a player perspective but there's also the recalibrating in the like the in the mentality of in the individual um workers at united 
to ensure that these guys are all driving towards the same goal. I feel like everyone there on different wavelengths. And you can see from the top to the bottom. It's just, it's glaring. It's there, you know. So I think United needs to um, hire the best in class in, in, in different positions within the hierarchy there. And then just be football focused. Like if everyone is working towards football, I understand there's the there's the monster which is Klopp and Pep at this point in time and trying to beat them. But all these happen in waves, man. Feggy had his own wave where he dusted everybody, and this is this is Klopp and and Pep's time. Yeah, but Conte, Conte has won while Klopp and Pep were around, right? Yeah, but that was when Conte won was when. Um, these guys were still rebuilding when Liverpool was still rebuilding, and I think that was a year after Pep came, right? Uh, yeah, but, but Conte was only that. there. He won in his first season, you know. Yeah, he came. Like, the it wasn't same year like he, as, he came the same year as Pep. Yeah, he came the same year as where Pep. He won in his first season. So, yeah, I so think I'm saying. I'm oh, sorry. Point, continue. At that point in time, Pep was still finding his feet, was still building his own team. He came third that year, right? And, yeah, I think and then the following year, he was first. Mm-hmm. And then the following year was Klopp's emergence, like Klopp's reign. Yeah. Klopp did yeah. his own thing, then they won Champions League, then Pep did his own yeah. again. And, you know, so it, it's just that time. And even if Conte was still at Chelsea right now, I think it will still be between... I mean, there will still be the talk of Chelsea, but I think it would still be... Pep and Klopp for EPL. And that's what United United needs to accept that fact, first of all. That I, I don't I don't agree with that. No, I, and what why I'm why I'm saying this is they don't need to make rash decisions just to win title next season. Just buy this time and do things right. Even if it'll take you two years or whatnot, just keep building in the right way. And then these guys will not be here for the rest of their lives, man. And once they're gone, but, but I don't, I don't, I, I actually don't think it's about Pep or Club, though. I, no, I just, I, think... I'm not saying it's about them. I'm saying, yeah. United should not make decisions um, based on the fact that they really need to catch up to these guys right now because they can't. That's my point. But I don't feel like they've made decisions that, like, they, they have. We finished second, they bought Cristiano Ronaldo immediately. Like, what, what, what's, what's that decision based on? But I'll, I'll, I'll argue that. Well, that again, what, 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 yeah, like, I, I don't understand Wait, sorry, why Jimmy, you keep going back to. I, I was going to say, like, I'll argue that decision mm-hmm. for Ronaldo was more or less on a footballing terms and more on the, on the global like scale for United. It's more like we talk about, it's more like, oh, United is in the headlines because we have Ronaldo. I don't think he has, by Ronaldo, has less to do with football to me. And more to do with like I could into... not disagree so, with you so guys that, wait, that more. Means, like that means Jimmy, you are, you are on my side with that statement. Then. What, yeah, what yeah, but, okay. Yeah, I am on your side. In but I'm not because you're saying like we're buying things, um, players just to kind of try. I don't think we're trying to catch up. I think no, we're just no, trying no. to make headlines. E, 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 so they they are all intertwined though. You are buying Ronaldo, um, because you are trying to make headlines, but also yeah. because of his abilities too. But primarily. If I'm sure if you ask an Ole or a or a Ralph or the new coach that's coming, should we sign Cristiano Ronaldo at the age of 37? They're going to tell you no. Francis, if we had Haaland in this team, we're still where we are today. 
No, but then again, I really truly see if we sign Mbappe, I'm not saying this summer we are still exactly where we are right now. If we don't have the right coach, for me, it's like Ole was not a coach that was on that level, right? And we finished second. I cannot force the team for saying, okay, we need to get Sancho, we need to get Ronaldo, we need to spend money to back this to get it to the next level because the impact Ronaldo has is not just on the team that is playing, it's on in the back room, yeah, in the fans in the stadium. Larry, no, Larry, my that's I, I agree with what you're saying. And the reason I'm even cutting you yeah. off is because you are you are I think you're going to go on a different target where I'm not coming from. What mm-hmm. was United's pressing issue or press pressing needs that they needed to resolve before signing Ronaldo or in order of pref- in order of priority? I actually don't know what was it. I, I, did you think we needed a, a, mid, a, a midfielder before signing a, a striker? We scored how many goals in the season before where Marshall and, and um, Rashford both had 20, 20 goals or something? Yeah. So, did in, in, in using that mindset, will my priority be to go and sign another striker or to fill the gap in the team? We've talked Wait, about, but hold we, on. We, Who was our striker? Like, no, Marshall didn't score 20 goals the season before. Marshall scored like seven. No, this, okay, the season before, the season before. Sure, two seasons before. They both had 20 yeah, goals. Yeah, but that was two seasons ago. Like, Bruno Fernandez scored days? 18 or 20, he scored 24 goals last season. Wait, Francis, I, I'm kind of confused. Last season, we finished second, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this season, we are not second. And Ronaldo has probably scored the most goals in our team. So let's imagine Ronaldo is not there. Everything else is equal, right? Because they're saying, okay, maybe we spend that money somewhere else. Let's even play that game. Ole is still our manager. We buy somebody. Let's say it's a midfielder, right? Cavani hasn't played most of the season. Yeah, but when Marshall played, he wasn't informed. We didn't go that. Eh? Go- we didn't. We didn't know Cavani was not going to play going into the season. But that's my point. But that's my point. So, like, even having Ronaldo has actually been beneficial for us because, like, Cavani it, hasn't. No, played I'm that- not saying it's not beneficial. I'm saying, I, I, okay, yeah. I'm saying stick. Have a plan and stick to your plan. Ronaldo was never in United's plan. And okay, I'm but say- I guess what I'm asking you is. Who do you think they would have gone for? Let's say we didn't go for Ronaldo. He wasn't available. Yeah, but I'm sure you could even see the reports prior to Ronaldo being signed that United's immediate needs were midfielder, either a right-back or a left-back or something. Like, fill those gaps first. Because part of what I'm thinking is we signed Ronaldo on the last day. Or like, but like maybe not last day, but it was like Very last two or three days of the transfer window. Yeah. Yeah, that's where, like, again, for us, like, I don't know if you... What I remember is we signed Sancho. Um, I don't know if we signed anybody else. We signed Sancho. Uh, did we sign anybody else? But I, I remember thinking... Varane. We signed Sancho. We, we signed Varane. Mm. And to your point, I remember thinking, ah, a midfielder would be nice. They linked us with Neves. They linked us with a lot of midfielders. But there was never, like, anything... Like, it wasn't, like... We were making beads. And so for me, either Ole didn't think we needed a midfielder or it just, they hadn't identified it as a need or they didn't find somebody that they liked, right? Like, I think it's because we signed Varane and we signed Sancho, 
whether or not we signed Ronaldo, and I, I, I think I got what you mean with Ronaldo. I just think like to me that was still a step in the right direction. Like if I looked at it at that time in the season, I was thinking, ah, Sancho is going to bring something to this team. Wow, okay. Varane is definitely going to bring something to this team. At most levels, we've signed something, right? We thought, okay, we needed a winger. So for me, I thought it was a step in the right direction. Where I think a lot of the mistakes happen, again, for me, goes down to accountability, is when Pogba is not playing well and you're still trying to offer him a new contract or Phil Jones or Bailly or whoever it is that Rashford now, like those are the areas because it undermines the coach because if this person is not playing well and they're being rewarded, then everybody else sets the expectation for them that you don't have to play well to earn anything in this team. Yeah, but if Mokia is still playing, yeah, sorry, you go. No, 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 no. I, I think you're still you're um in line with what I'm saying. I am aligned mm-hmm. there. Where does that come from? Everyone being like every when everyone's goals are aligned. If our goals are aligned, then those these stupid decisions will not be happening. Like, yeah. so coming off a, a bad run of form, you are going to offer somebody a three. Like, if, even De Gea. De is always the prime example I'm going to use. De Gea, when we offered him the contract, he was, number one, not at his best. Number two, he was in a position where no club was even, like, rushing for him. Real Madrid had bought Courtois. PSG had bought Navas. Um, Liverpool or, you know, these guys have, they filled their gaps with very good keepers. So what leverage does De Gea have at that point in time to make him the highest speed? We are Nothing. always our own competition. Exactly. So that's my point. If everyone is aligned and we're doing things the right way, then just, just buy that time. Use these two, three years to make things right while we're also waiting for this m- maniacs. Pep and Klopp to to finish their reign, because right you, you you can't beat these guys right now, man. I I don't I, and that's so part to your point. I don't agree with that, and part of the what reason part? why I don't agree with that about Pep and Klopp. Okay, I just think United has incredible resources, right? Like we have incredible resources. So I don't know which coach will go for. Let's say it's Luis Enrique or let's say it's Ten Hag or one of those guys. If those guys come and say this is how we want to play. The backroom staff says, okay, this is the, we are going to set this type of expectation with the players. If you're not playing well, you don't play. It doesn't matter who you are, mm-hmm. right? And everybody that plays is going to earn their place. And more importantly, because you know what the style of play for the coach is going to be, you mm-hmm. know how to recruit. Like, look at Ruben uh, Luis Diaz as an example. Luis Diaz. It's my heart to see that guy. Like, he just looks like he's been on this team for years. This guy came in January. Wait, so who's Luis Diaz? Oh, the Liverpool guy. The Liverpool guy. Oh, okay, I was thinking um, the, the defender. City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, no, 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 Luis Diaz. So, like, for me, and that comes down to the fact, it's not just that, oh, Klopp is a great tactician. He's all those things, like, don't get me wrong. But it's also because you can scout, you can see that the profile of winger that we need is this type of person and you know that okay based on the way we play this guy is going to is going to match what we need mm-hmm. and so when he comes in it's seamless like look at sancho look at how long it's taking sancho to like get into the team because he has to play freestyle like he has to work himself into form the team itself does him no favors from one week to another 
we are playing a different style. You look at the profile of all our wingers, it's all very different. We have Greenwood, we have Rashford, we have Sancho, we have Ilanga, we have Ahmad, we have Pelestri. Like, all these guys are something different. Like, and so it, there's no consistent approach in, like you said, at the top, but even within the team. Like, I feel like if we had a style of play, a consistent style of play, like a way that we can say this is what a United team looks like and these are what United players look like, I feel like we have the access to get the very best players in the world. Uh-huh. As much as, like, Pep, and that's the advantage I think we have over, like, if you think of someone like Luis Enrique, if he comes tomorrow, I don't know if he's good or not, right? I'm just using him as an example because I think he has a defined style of play. And he says, I need these amounts of players. And he's able to get the players that he needs. How long would you say before we are contenders? Whether or not we win or not, right? Like, the amount of time then doesn't, is not as long. And that's what Pep has, right? Like, Pep can say, okay, I have my style of play that's amazing, but I also need the absolute best players that can match the style of play. And those absolute best players don't need to be the most expensive players in the world. It doesn't need to be Mbappe or Haaland. Like, that's why he can get a Ruben Diaz. He can get a Sterling. He can get a Rodri. He can get a De Bruyne. And you notice, when City and Liverpool are going for these players, nobody's fighting them for it, for the most part. Because they fit something. And it's like United, like, they said City was going for Maguire. Can you really picture Maguire in City? You know, like, so they don't drag players with you because they already know that this is the profile that we have. And because of the style that is unique to us, the other players themselves are also aware that you, if I get into this team, you, I'm going to ball out, right? And that's where I think we also have an advantage because we are willing to spend as much money, at least as a City, more than Liverpool for sure in terms of getting the right players. No, make, make, make sense. But I, I think that's what um, a combination of all of that is what United needs to do for, for the next... I, I, and to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, um, Ralph remaining. No, Ralph remaining at the top. Um, just to have. When you're at the top, you don't mean coaching, right? Just to no, no, right. not coaching. No, not coaching. Like uh, a sporting director or something. Someone that can. Oh, 100. Yeah, someone that has like a a high level vision of what this team should be like, and then all we need to do is. Okay, this is a missing piece of the puzzle. We're just plug, plug, plucking and plugging, plucking and plugging. That's all. But he's, a, you know, even like the player contracts, player issues, all that stuff. Just allow Ralph to handle it because I, like, if you notice, he, he, I think he's good at handling some of these things. And a United coach, like the job is tough enough. A United coach should not be managing all that jazz. Just come there and focus on the footballing side of it. Um, if you look at Liverpool, for example, if it, like Liverpool have Jota, Firmino, Mane, Salah, and all five of them, they are yes. very, very, very good. Even Diaz as well. But Firmino is not getting a sniff anymore. Jota that was on scoring form, I mean, although he's just recovering from injury, but Diaz is, the guy, Diaz is like the guy now. You know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, these guys are playing based on merit, not because um, you, you are earning 250k a week or whatnot. I can promise you, if it, well, maybe not Salah. Salah, Salah already has 
he has made a name for himself. But if someone like a, a Thiago or a Femino or a Jota, if they don't play well for two, three games straight, they're chopping bench. Even Man yep. said they're chopping bench. You know what I mean? So United need to have that strong hand, man. And don't be babying these guys. These guys, you're already paying them enough. Don't baby these guys. Lingard, uh, Mata, Pogba, Matic, all these guys start by getting rid of all of them. Get rid of all of them. So now, who you have left, if you cannot ball, you are not starting. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think, to your point, the decision-making at the top has to change because, you know, as you were talking about those players, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is if, if you're a manager and you have a player like Pogba that is one of the highest earning players in the Premier League, or at least in Manchester United, and you don't play him, and he's not able to get into the team for most of the season. They say, even without any, uh, all of us knowing the conversations that are happening behind the scenes, it feels like United says to the coach, make Pogba work. Like, get him into your team and make it work. And not, I feel like they say the same for Maguire too. Yeah, and you get what I mean? Like, it's not about, like, play the best team, get the results. It's like, no, we've made the decision to sign Pogba and give him this ridiculous contract. You make it work. Mm-hmm. And we pass that responsibility on to the coach instead of allowing them to pick, like, again, the best team. Now, Ralph, as a coach, for me, has been underwhelming, right? I'm not blaming everything on him, but he's been un- underwhelming. I do agree with you in the sense that his biggest advantage as a sporting director, consultant, whatever you want to call it, is that he has now been in that dressing room. He's been with the players. He's been with the, 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 the staff. He's been with the training. He's been part of training for days. He knows who trains well. He knows who doesn't train well. Like, you remember the thing he said about Rashford, where he said Rashford needs to replicate his training performances uh-huh. in, on the pitch. That tells you that, like, he's seen something different from Rashford in the training than he is when it's time to play the games, right? So he understands some of the psychology behind the players, in terms of who is ready to be up for it, who is not. And then he understands the dysfunction, if there's any, in the locker room as well. So when a coach comes, he has more insights than just somebody who was vaguely part of the process, mm-hmm. right? Like when he's now saying, okay, these are the kind of players that we need. It's not just about, oh, who is the most talented player anymore. No, he's coming in and saying, this team has a problem with XYZ. It might be this team has a problem of people that train well or yeah. people that give energy. Or, and so even the profile of player that you need, because once the coach comes in, he already starts talking to the coach about, this is what I think we need. The coach now starts going for training, building up the profile, seeing who's seen the team himself, and then the coach can say, wow, you know what, you're right. Or maybe the coach comes to him and says, you this player, I cannot do anything with him. He needs to go. Ralph has, has that experience. So I think, to me, that's where he's going to have the biggest advantage because if you think about the, the coaches we've had, with the exception of Ole, who was not qualified and was a company man, everybody else has complained, right? Like Mourinho had come out and said, you guys don't understand the amount of work that it... Like when, I, when he said second is my best... Is my uh, is my is is the accomplishment one of the accomplishments? Achievement. Most proud of 
Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't understand it back then because you were looking at all the players and you're saying, like, Pogba is a great player now. You, yeah, you really telling me you can't get the best out of Pogba out of... But he wasn't just talking about the players, I think. I think he was talking about a lot of the... Like you said, a lot of the things that he's dealing with behind the scenes. Like, oh, I need to get a defender, Maguire, anybody. You know, some of the names they were calling back then and we were saying, like, wow, what is, what is going on here? But he knows that he's fighting with a technical recruiting staff where they are talking about oh we do an extensive search and we search through 60 different players and we narrow it down and the person we get is Wambasaka like what is this recruitment agency really or this recruitment team doing right so mm-hmm. point I think that's where we need to figure out um you know figure out figure out what we're doing I, I yeah. don't think we have any game this weekend right or and mm-hmm. next weekend as well no, we don't. We don't. I, I, and I, I think I think one thing we need to uh, maybe pick up conversation on is is um, the coaching hunt. There's been yeah. news, a lot of news in the in the media within the past week, and you know I think United has kind of set a timeline. They are targeting to maybe you know appoint someone by end of April or something like that before the end of the season. Um, there's names that have been coming up with Ten Hag and Mauricio and. Uh, too too cool, which I think is going to be a, a no no. And then the Lopetego, whatever his name is, and uh, Luis Enrique. But yeah, probably need to probably give give some content on on our preferences and what, what we think those guys can bring um, down the line. Me personally, I yeah. don't want, I don't want Poch close to that team. But yeah, we can mm-hmm. talk about that later. I, I think you know, like because we don't have any games next week. Um, We'll, we'll come back with another pod for next week. We can end this one here. We'll come back with another pod next week where, you know, as long as, you know, news doesn't come out before, before. between now and then, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to dive into, you know, some of the options that we have, talk about, like, some of the news about who's out there, what we think they'll bring to the team, what we think is most likely to happen. And, and don't forget, there are also players that are, Going to be out of contract. So even in terms of what this team looks like next season, minus the transfers, because we don't know what players the coach, the new coach and 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 Ralph going upstairs are going to want. But we've been linked with a lot of people, like the guy in Ajax, Anthony, for example. I think we've been linked with him. We've been Anthony. linked with um, who's yeah, that? Oh, oh, the, the Brazilian the guy. Brazilian guy that plays Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Juma in Villarreal is another person that we've been linked with. I didn't even realize Villarreal beat Juventus. <laughs> oh man, it was a it was a fun game to watch. Oh really? Okay. Yo, oh, I, I actually it was even more fun, not even because of Villarreal, because of that their striker, the Vlahovic guy. Yeah. Yo, that guy is so good. He reminds me of a mix of Van Persie and Van Nistelrooy. But you remember, like, before he went to Juventus, I was saying that if I, if we were, because I knew we were not getting Haaland. If there was one person that I wanted us to chase, it was that guy. Oh, and Juventus, they trashed him. I didn't watch the game, so I didn't see it. But the little I've seen of that guy, he looks like he, like he, he can score every type of goal. Every type. He reminds he's physical, me of Haaland, actually. He's fast. He's, he's technical. He's skillful. And he's strong. Bro, man, I was watching that game and that guy at least had like five. And he's the kind of guy that can take a shot from anywhere. anywhere. And you're not, you're not ready for it. Bruh, and, man, yeah. we missed, like, we missed me, that other guy. Yeah, to me, when we're talking about strikers, 
that's what I had in mind. It's like, when I think of, oh, who can we get that will replace Ronaldo or just be our number nine? That guy, because for me, when you get somebody like that, he changes the way that you even play. Like, legit changes the way you play. Because like you said, in the box, you can't take a second. He can control the ball and get the shot out in a millisecond. You know what I mean? He doesn't mm-hmm. need to control, touch, then shoot, like where the keeper can brace himself and be ready. He's the kind of... Yeah, and I just don't know who else is out there. Like, I, I think we really missed out on a huge opportunity there. But, like, some of those are the kind of things that we'll be talking about over the course of uh, hopefully next week and further weeks going forward. I think as we get closer to the end of the season, too, we've talked about doing... Um, what's that thing that Clubhouse, iPhone people thought they were doing, folding themselves, that Twitter does all the time now? Rooms or what's it called? Yeah, Twitter rooms. Yeah, like Twitter rooms, doing something with Twitter rooms, you know, uh, especially as we go down towards the end of the season where we have the title challenge between Liverpool and Man City, but we also have the top four finish race between United, Arsenal, Spurs. So we'll give you guys some more information about that as we get closer to the end of the season. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of What Would Fergie Do? As always, please rate, review five stars only. Francis, please tell them what they can do if it's not five stars. Keep it to Uh, yourself. Keep it to yourself, man. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Ciao.